Hello, welcome back to the Pulpit to Pew podcast. We've been in a series, The Making of the Man Joshua. He's been learning lessons in his early days that will prepare him, he doesn't know this, to lead about 2 million people one day. And this week, he's going to learn a very difficult lesson. Let's get started. Well, hello again, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Hope you're enjoying this series as we're kind of looking at the early days of Joshua. Stories that, at least the first three, that maybe not as familiar. This one, I'll be honest with you, I had to kind of back up. I didn't remember this one at all and do some context. And so I hope it's been a help to you. I hope it's been encouragement to you. And the, the overall backdrop theme of this series is this. God is constantly working on us. I'm reminded of that kid's song. And I think I mentioned it here, I think, I won't sing it, but he's still working on me. Think of those words, he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. I forgot there. At one point it says how loving and patient he must be, he's still working on me. And that's the truth. God is working on us. And God knew that one day Joshua would be the, the leader that would p- take up the mantle from Moses and lead the people. And it wasn't going to be an easy mantle, as we're going to see this week in Moses' leadership. And so God was preparing him. And we see four scenes in which Joshua is mentioned with Moses before he becomes the great leader. And like I said, this one... It, this one kind of, I had to, I, I started, I read the few verses that he's in, and then I was like, okay, what is the context? Because that's always important. If you've heard me teach, we got to get context. Then I got a little bit of a context. I'm like, all right, what is the context? To, again, I got to continue to get back to I, to I grasp what is going on in the story, and I got it. So let's talk about it. Numbers chapter 11, by the way, if you're listening to this, it's Thursday. And guess where I'm going to be a little later today, if you're listening to it on the Thursday. I am going to be at the Sight and Sound Theater in Pennsylvania watching David. My wife surprised me. I told you guys a long time ago about this. My wife surprised me, and she has taken me, and my mom and dad are going as well. And we're going to Pennsylvania to the Sight and Sound Theater to watch the life of David performed. It's going to be awesome. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, you're like, great, I'm going to go to Brad's house and steal things. I have someone staying, so don't even think about it. They got a ginormous gun as well, I'm sure. All right. Anyways, let's get back to this. I'm just thinking about it because I'm recording early. It's going to drop on the Thursday that I will be having a blast watching my favorite character. And like I said, in the newsletter that will be coming out tomorrow as I record this, I'm, I may have to go back into David's life a little bit after watching this production. We'll see. All right, I got to get going here. I've got too much to say. Numbers chapter number 11, it says, And when the people complained, oh boy, here we go. Israel's complaining again. Once again, Israel is complaining. They complained earlier. They complained two other times so far. They complained once they didn't have water. God gave them water. They complained another time that they didn't have food. God gave them food. But now here they are and they're complaining. It says, the people complained it displeased the Lord and the Lord heard it and his anger was kindled. Now watch what happened. And the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp, on the outside part of the camp. God began to consume the people. They were complaining. They were frustrated. 
and here's an interesting point because notice this and the people cried into who moses that's the one they're always complaining to it's funny you find a principle when you're in leadership that those that complain about you the most are the ones that come to you when things are happening to them and these people are whining and complaining about moses about the no food about the situation they're in and so God starts burning them up literally. And I'm not, I, I, I'm kind of saying it lightly. I don't mean it in that way, but it, they start dying because of their complaining. God is displeased with them. And now they run to Moses and say, Moses, you got to pray for us. And to Moses's credit, he didn't say you're getting what you got. You're getting what, what's due to you. Moses prayed for them and the fire stopped. It says in end of verse two, and the fire was quenched. And he called the name of the place Tabera because the fire of the Lord burnt among them. Then in verse 4, we kind of begin to see maybe who some of these people were. It says in verse 4, And the mixed multitude was among them, that was among them, fell a lusting. Who is the mixed multitude? This is a good little nugget for you if you're ever studying the Bible. The mixed multitude referred to after the Exodus, what were the Egyptians that decided after seeing all of the plagues, they decided we're leaving with Israel. Now you'd like to say think and for some, it was true that they left Egypt because they started to believe, put their faith in the true God, Jehovah. You'd like to think that, and many did. But others just left because they were scared to death. Others thought this is a chance to get out of Egypt, who's maybe turning bad. And so some of the mixed multitude left. They were not Israelites, but they left with Israel and were allowed to be among them. But when you study Israel's history in the Old Testament... This mixed multitude caused a lot of problems, and this is one of them. Now, all of a sudden, this mixed multitude, and they're not getting the food that they wanted, so they start crying and saying, well, wish we were back in Egypt. And they got some of the Israelites to do the same, and it upset God. It says they fell a lusting, and the children of Israel also wept again. So now they're weeping again. This mixed multitude influenced Israel. You know, there's a principle here for my pastor friends and missionary friends and those that are listening. There's a principle here that it's usually not the enemies without that are the biggest threat to the church. It's those that are within that influence the church in a major way. Now, there are outside influences. There's no doubt about that. But the internal influence can be a frustration. And I want you to get this. I wasn't going to go back this far, but I think I need to go back in this far to get to the context. I will get to Joshua in a minute. But I want you to see, if you're in a position of leadership, take note to what happens here. These Now the children of Israel are complaining. They want, they, who should give us flesh to eat? They're running out of meat. They want some meat. They said that we remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely and the cucumbers. Who cares about that? But anyways... And the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. If they'd have mentioned pizza, I'd have signed up. I'd probably been right there with them, but they didn't. It says, but now our soul is dried away. There was nothing at all. And beside this manna, they got tired of the manna. They got tired of God's provision. This is God has provided for them all along the way. And now they're ignoring what God has said. They're taking for granted what God has done. Boy, haven't we done that? We're coming up on November, coming up on the Thanksgiving season. How often do we start to take for granted what God has done and want more and get greedy, get materialistic and not be content with what we have? It says, and the, and the manna was a 
coriander seed, and the color thereof as the color of bedellum, bedellum. And the people went about, and gathered it, and ground it in mills, and beat it into mortar, and baked it in pans, and the cakes of it, and taste of it was as the taste of fresh oil. And when the dew fell upon the camp in the night, the manna fell upon it. So they're saying, hey, they've tried it every way that they could, this manna over the last year, and, and God has continued to give it to them, but the people are whining and complaining. God has consumed some of them. And, and all of the complaining has started to take its toll on the leader, Moses. Moses heard the people weep throughout their families. Every man in the door of his tent. The anger of the Lord was kindled greatly, and Moses also was displeased. And Moses said unto the Lord, Now listen, he says, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? And wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight, that thou layest the burden of all this people upon me? Moses is overwhelmed. He's saying, God, why are you allowing me to be afflicted? God, you are putting the burden of all of this people on my shoulders. Two million people and they're complaining. Some have been dying and now they're coming to me. And God, the burden is on my shoulders. It's overwhelming. He says, have I conceived all of this people? It's kind of a funny statement he makes. He says, did I give birth to these people? Have I begotten them? That thou should say to me, carry them in thy bosom, that I have to take them like children, it says, as a nursing father beareth a sucking child unto the land which thou swearest. Why do I have to be like a father figure and a, and a, and a parent to these children? He said, I, I can't take the burden of it anymore. And it got so bad. He goes on, he says, when should I have flesh to give unto all this people? I don't have meat to give this people. For they weep unto me, saying, give us flesh that we may eat. I am not able to bear all this people alone because it is too heavy for me. Can you not hear those words? Moses is burdened. He is overwhelmed. And he's taken it to God. And here's what he gets to in verse 15. And if thou deal thus with me, kill me. Wow. He says, God, if this is how it's going to be, just go ahead and kill me now. Isn't it amazing that some of the greatest men of God wanted to take their life? Elijah, Moses, Jonah, who preached in a whole city, got saved. Samson took his life. Ministry is overwhelming at times. It is quite a burden, especially when we get out of sync, especially when we get our eyes off God. We're trying to carry... The burdens of others and our, and our own eyes are off of God. It can get overwhelming. And he said, God, just kill me. He said, I pray thee out of, out of hand. If I have found favor in thy sight and let me not see my wretchedness. And here's what God said. I probably wouldn't look into the sky to see if God was going to send some fire. But it's not what God did. God is a compassionate God. There's a difference between what Moses was complaining about, what Moses was burdened. I, I wouldn't say Moses was necessarily complaining. It could be Moses was pouring out his burden to God. The Israelites were complaining about and taking for granted what God was doing. They had meat. They God had been providing the manna. They didn't want it anymore. They wanted something more. They weren't content. God consumed them. But here's what God did. And the Lord said unto Moses, Gather unto me seventy men, 
of the elders of Israel, whom thou knowest to be the elders of people and officers over them, and bring them into the tabernacle of the congregation, that they may stand there with thee. And I will come down and talk with thee there, and I will take of the Spirit which is upon thee, and I will put it upon them, and they shall bear the burden of the people with thee, that thou bear it not thyself alone. Here's what God does. He's so compassionate. He's actually agreeing with Moses. And Moses, you know what? It is a lot to bear. You're not able to bear this. So Moses, he says, go get 70 men that are going to be over the people. I want you to bring those 70 men to the tabernacle, and I'm going to pour my spirit upon them. Remember the Holy Spirit didn't indwell everybody. The Holy Spirit would come upon people. And he says, I'm going to, my spirit is going to come upon those 70 men, just like they are with you. And they're going to help you bear the burden of the people. And, and he goes on verse 18, and say thou unto the people, sanctify yourselves again tomorrow and ye shall eat flesh. For I have wept in the ears of the Lord, saying, who shall give us flesh to eat? For it is well with us in Egypt. Therefore, the Lord will give you flesh and ye shall eat. You shall not eat one day, nor two days, nor five days, neither ten days, nor twenty days, but even a whole month until it come out of your nostrils. <laughs> I love this. Forgive me for laughing there, but God says you're going to have so much it's going to come out of your nostrils. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you're going to complain. You're going to get more than you can even handle. It says, he says, and it will be loathsome to you because you have despised the Lord, which is among you. And have wept before him, saying, why came we forth out of Egypt? He says, hey, I'm going to give you so much meat, it's going to go to your, throughout your nostrils. You're going to absolutely hate. You're going to loathe eating meat when I'm done with you. Verse 21, and Moses said, the people among whom I am are 600,000 footmen. He's only talking about the men there, so you had the women. There's a lot more people. He says, and thou hast said, I will give them flesh that they may eat a whole month. He says, God, how are you going to feed 600,000 men? Not counting their wives and children. I mean, how are we going to feed all these people for a month? Shall the flocks and the herds be slain for them to suffice them? Or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them to suffice them? And the Lord said to Moses, is the Lord's hand wax short? I love that statement. He's saying, Moses, do you think I can't do this? Did you not remember the Red Sea? Do you not remember those plagues? You don't. Do you think my hand's short? My wax short, I can't do something that thou see now whether my word shall come to pass unto thee or not. Now, I haven't mentioned Joshua's name yet. I know it's kind of that series. I'm talking about Joshua, but this stuff on Moses is getting too good. But here's where we're going to start to see Joshua. Now, Joshua's witnessed all of this so far. So he's, he's taken some good leadership lessons but verse 24, and Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord and gathered the 70 elders. Remember them, 70 men of the elders of the people and set them around about the tabernacle. Actually, only 68 came though, because watch. And the Lord came down in the cloud and spake unto them and took of the spirit that was upon him and gave it unto the 70 elders. And it came to pass that when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied and did not cease. So, God's Spirit came upon them, and a lot like Pentecost in the book of Acts, they started to prophesy. They began to give praise and worship, and whether it was preaching, whether they were whether they were just in the Spirit. I mean, it was, a, it was an obvious time that God's Spirit had come, and whenever God's Spirit comes, there's always something that happens in, in the Old Testament in these times to authenticate what was going on. And 
God's Spirit came upon him. It was like Pentecost. They were prophesying. They didn't seize. These 70, really 68 here, you'll see in a minute. But they were, were just having an amazing time. They had God's Spirit. But, verse 26, there remained two. So I said 68 was there. Two didn't come to the tabernacle like they were supposed to. It says there remained two of the men in the camp. The name of the one was Eldad, and the name of the other was Medad. Interesting names, Eldad, Medad. And the Spirit rested upon them. So they also got the Spirit, even though they weren't where they supposed to be. They still got the Spirit. And they were of them that were written, but went not out into the tabernacle, and they prophesied in the camp. Now, here comes the tattletale, right? Verse 27. We, if you've got kids, you understand this. So, 68 went, two stayed back, but they're back, they're back there prophesying now. They got the Spirit at the same time the others, and they're out there prophesying. So, here comes the tattletale. And there ran a young man and told Moses and said, Eldad and Medad do prophesy in the camp. So they didn't come out there with you guys. They're supposed to be out there with you, but they stayed back here. And I'm, a, I'm teasing by calling him a tattletale. That's what he's doing. He may have been right in doing this. There's no condemnation. But verse 28, we meet, verse 28, we meet our friend Joshua. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of Moses, one of his young men, one of those young men, probably maybe friends with those young men, that young man in the tattletale that ran, here's, he answered and said, my Lord Moses forbid them. So here comes Joshua. He's led a battle. We saw that and they won. We've seen how uh, God has, has begun to use his life so far, but now he hears that these two men did not obey his master, Moses. Joshua, is a, he's loyal to Moses. He went halfway up that mountain and he stayed on that mountain until he came back. Joshua has displayed loyalty. These men have the spirit now. Maybe Joshua's a little jealous. I don't know. And they are not doing what he said. And he says, you've got to forbid this, Moses. You've got to stop this right now. How does Moses respond? Verse 29, and Moses said to him, Envious thou for my sake? Are you jealous for my sake? Would God that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them and Moses got him into the camp, he and the elders of Israel. Moses did nothing. He did absolutely nothing. He said, hey, I wish everybody had the spirit. I, 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 maybe I asked them to come, they didn't come. But they're still in there, and they got the Spirit, and they are prophesying, hey, God's in control. We're going to let it happen. I'm not going to do anything. I wish everybody had the Spirit. Let's keep moving. And that's it. That's the third scene with Joshua. What did Joshua have to learn in that moment? He, there was a spirit of loyalty about him, but he had to learn humility. Where's the humility in it? Well, he thought something should be handled one way and his leader thought it should be handled a different way and his leader didn't listen to his opinion. Wasn't mean. Moses was not unkind. He wasn't mean, but he chose to do something opposed to what Joshua thought should be done. And what did Joshua do? He obeyed. He was loyal and he humbled himself and he took, it wasn't rebuke, he took the answer of Moses. I was a second man. I was an assistant pastor for eight years, sitting underneath someone. And there were some times, though I had a great relationship with that pastor, and I appreciate him to this day, there were times when I would 
maybe make a suggestion. I can't think of anything specific and he wouldn't necessarily take it or I'd want to do something. He wouldn't necessarily want me to do that. And you have to humble yourself. As a second man, that's a difficult thing at times. But Joshua was learning a lesson here of loyalty, but humility. He just had to humble himself and take it. I like his spirit. I like his zeal. I like that he wanted to go by the rook, by what he thought was the book. Hey, you, the master said it, you need to obey. But he had to learn a lesson of humility. I won't go on in this chapter, but in verse 31, God sent a wind, it says, brought quail from the sea, and they fell upon the camp. And so the thing that Moses was saying earlier, like, how in the world is this really going to happen? God does it because God is amazing. He can do whatever. And there's a lot of lessons in this. I know that the series is about Joshua, and I gave very little on Joshua because that's all he's mentioned in here. But when you back up into this context, and maybe try to see it through the eyes of Joshua, but, but definitely through the eyes of Moses, what great lessons here. Moses is an amazing man. I said to you last week on the podcast, which I hope you caught last week's. I got a, a little bit emotional last week. I really loved that lesson. But I was talking about Moses last week. I said, this guy is just amazing. And then here it is a week later. And Moses is saying, God, let me die. Just kill me. I am telling you, serving the Lord is a wonderful, wonderful blessing. And I'm not talking about being a pastor right now. I am just saying for you out there that work at McDonald's or wherever, being a Christian is a wonderful thing. But living for the Lord doesn't mean it doesn't come without its burdens. And when those burdens get heavy, we need to cast them to God. And God cares, and God cared enough in this situation to say, I'm going to raise up 70 people to help you. And he still got Joshua there, and he was loyal. And then Joshua learned a lesson on humility. Hey, that's our text, Numbers chapter 11. I'll go study that out. It's a neat passage, one that uh, I hadn't, it's not one of those that really stick in my mind. A lot do, but not that one. And I enjoyed just walking through it with you today. I hope this helps you. That's my goal. I want you to get excited about the Bible. I just want to take once a week, and the other one's recorded time from our Sunday school, but I just want to take once a week and just talk to you in a down-to-earth way about the Bible and try to get you excited about it so that you have fun studying the Bible yourself. You have the Holy Spirit. Remember, these 70 men got it. Moses said, I wish everybody did. Well, guess what? Every Christian today has the Spirit of God, so you can get to in and understand the Word of God yourself. We just have to do it. Hey, I'm going to be heading to, to watch the life of David, so i got to wrap this up. But thank you for being a part of the podcast. I would love to hear from you. Reach out, leave a review, whatever that you can do. Spread it, pass, pass it on to your friends. I would greatly appreciate it. No rambling this week. I'm just going to wrap up this podcast right here and get ready for my week. Thank you so much for being a part of it. Have a great week. We will see you back next week.